Perez. Walter makes a run ahead of it. Burkamp suddenly changed pace through the centre. It's Burkamp! That's magnificent! The move, and then this, which left Dabby's ass totally stranded. Hello and welcome to a Burkamp Wonderland, the podcast where I'm always being mugged off by the internet. With me this afternoon, tonight, wherever you are on in the universe, known universe and unknown universe, we don't discriminate here and whereabouts in the universe you are, it's Stan the Man from, is it sunny Canada today, Stan? It is quite pleasant and sunny today, Danny, here in well, Vancouver. Spring is in spring is in full force over here in uh, Vancouver at the moment. It was actually lovely and warm in in the UK yesterday, and so I, at halftime I went out and sat out the front in my electric chair with no pants on, hoping nobody would go by and poke Just me with a stick. Every Danny, it's always good to have an airing every now and again. I do one every was, six months. I mean, the, once they get the flies off. Um, then it was uh, it was it was lovely. Anyway, people are wondering. Hold on, you did a podcast yesterday. Why are you back today? What are you doing? What are you playing at? I haven't got time to go listening to an ABW podcast every five minutes. What are you playing at, you morons? Well, I've decided I only get my favourite people on to come and do a one-on-one, one-hour show. And as nobody could turn up, I thought, who could I ask? I'll ask Stan. <laughs> I feel like I'm on Piers Morgan all of a sudden. <laughs> Why did you do it? Do you regret your choices in life? Yes. <laughs> so uh, there we go. We're just going to talk about the season so far. Talk about what we're going to do. You know, like when you you just go and you ring someone up to see how they are, and they're an Arsenal fan, and you end up talking to them for an hour and going, oh, where did that hour go? Oh, yeah. Like that. Like I just spoke to my dad for about half an hour, and he was cooking a really hot chilli, and he's cooked enough chilli to last him three whole days right let's say three whole years <laughs> i thought he said he'd been cooking it for three days i thought i know you're not the world's greatest cook but i mean that's slightly over the top um let's go and have a listen no not listen let's go and say hello we'll have a listen hold on is brady's banana saying anything no so we can't listen all we can do is say hello uh he says geez everton keep some of your powder dry for city have you seen the results today no i haven't what, what happened oh mama uh fulham beat leicester 5-3 and Everton went to Brighton and smashed them 5-1. Wow, that's a result. Because that Brighton, is... are, Brighton are hot stuff at the moment, playing really good football. They're a team that, you know, I, I, if, if they're on and I'm around, I'll watch some of it just because so, uh, they're, they're playing that well. So Fulham and Brighton, but if we're looking at the, the games coming up, Man City have got to play Everton between the two Real Madrid games, but they've got two first teams, so that doesn't really matter. Then they've got to play Chelsea, and then they've got to play Brighton. I mean, if if uh, Everton go to Brighton and smash them 5-1, I reckon this could be a world record goal scoring. I, I know once Australia beat someone 36-0, or was that Bonacord beat someone 36-0 back in the old black and white days? So uh, we'll have a look at that a little bit later. Let's say hello to some more of the people that are in here. Uh, Jim Eaves is there. Uh, Paul Nell, not Neil, is there. Phil Macker is there. We read out your one good question, Phil. I think that you've done yourself over for the month. You ain't going to get any more than that. Phil, can you tell us what film we dragged you away from? I'd like to know that. The last film I watched was Gladiator, Director's Cut. Still bloody good. There's a really good website, actually. I'm going to share this with you. I shouldn't really be talking other stuff. Um, you ever wonder when they bring out a director's cut? Yeah. And you think, well, what does that mean? If you go to this website here, it's called all the W's, movie, then the minus sign, censorship.com. That, you put in the film, and it will tell you the difference between the extended version, the director's cut, the special edition. It will say this bit here was put in here, and it was 14 seconds longer. This was eight seconds longer. And so I did that and found out that the longest part of it was a scene in the market, which they added in. So there you go. What was the film? Sorry? What was the film? Gladiator. Gladiator, yeah. No John Fashionu. I was gutted. Thank you for the chuckle while I was drinking. Did you know they're making a part? They're going to make a part two to that, which is going to be weird, seeing as that he died. But maybe it's a prequel or something. But they are making a Gladiator too. Well, who's going to be in it? Everyone died. 
Maybe it's a prequel, though. Maybe it's like, you know, when he was a general or something of the army. Gladiator, the early years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're not here to talk films. Let me save that for something else. Um, Paul Nell says, that is a commitment, Phil. It is. Uh, Boy 10 says, more podcasts. How's the weather where you are, Boy 10? I think is a... Um, I'm never sure if that's in the, 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 the southern hemisphere or the northern hemisphere. I think it's in the in the northern. Probably nice weather. Uh, BX says Stan is in the hot seat. Stan is he's going to get grilled. Tom Andrew is there. Hello, Tom. BX fourteen goals in two matches, and I didn't see any of them. I was asleep, and then I only woke up because Sean's mum rang me up. Uh, Sean's kitten is having a, a cubbing scooped out tomorrow, and so they're all a little bit worried. Good, good luck, Nala. You rat. Uh, evening folks in the chat says uh, Paul um, Phil says ticket to paradise Clooney and Roberts I wouldn't pay that if you bloody watched me uh, watched me paid me I've got Pepsi Max I, you can see on the sofa I'm going to share this with you um, me on this one there we go look on the sofa 24 packs of Pepsi Max lime Pepsi Max cherry and 7up cherry Sometimes I think I make a mistake with my bulk buying because I don't really like any of them apart from the standard one. Um, where are we up to? It's a prequel. Happy he me her. Well, Happy he met her instead of gladiator. Glad he ate her. Or maybe. Uh, Nick says, I'm in London Canary Wharf. I can't find the wharf, though. It's uh, it's usually on the bridge of the Enterprise. Boy 10 says, it's getting cold in South Africa, mate. Lots of rains, probably some flooding coming. Stay away from the Sharks. That's all I've got to say. Right, Stan, how did yes. you feel about yesterday's, the last two games? Because I've not spoke to you since we smashed uh, Chelsea and Newcastle. Are you surprised? Well, with the Chelsea one, uh, going into that game, I was kind of like pooping myself, to be honest, mm. because, you know, when you get a team that's down in the mud and everybody's pointing their fingers and laughing while they roll around in the mud and every team goes there and just gives them a hiding and walks away with three points, laughing as they look at them in their review mirror. Nobody wants to be that team that rolls up laughing and then that team just gets up out of the mud and gives you a right good kicking and sends you home with no points. You know, every team has that in them. And I was really worried that we were going to, maybe fall to that, be that one team that couldn't get anything from Chelsea. So I was quite you know, happy and relieved to see that it was business as usual when it came to Chelsea this season. And we got all of the, you know, we got all of the points. Um, yesterday's game though, oof, you know, when it first started, you know, the first sort of like five minutes and that, I was just, I was, I thought, we, I thought, I definitely thought it was going to go the other way. You know, when that ball hit the, uh, when that ball hit the the, the the bottom of the post, I think it was uh, Murphy shot after a brilliant ball from Joe Willock. Brilliant ball. He's looking really good in the Newcastle shirt. Seems like he's found the right he's found the right environment for him. But I honestly thought that it was going to be a bad day at the office the way that it started. So it was quite surprising the way that we turned it around because the first goal that we scored it came out of nowhere. It was against the run of play. You know, I think uh, up until that point, Newcastle had most of the possession and the chances and we were chasing shadows a little bit at the beginning of that game. But it was good that we managed to turn it around and uh, leave of all three points because I think had we not got the points, that would have been it. We'd been written off. Now the door is still ajar. You know, if you listen to what people are saying, the pundits and in the media, the door is it, it, it's not slammed shut yet. It's still ajar. There's a chink of light coming through. We've got our foot wedged in the door so they can't close it on us. And it's, uh, you know, it's up to us to keep our foot in that door because if Man City fall, you know, if they drop some points and they, they get a little bit careless, we can push the door right open and walk in. And we, we can come, come and go in and nick their PlayStation. Yep. And that would be, I say PlayStation, I don't play any, I've not played any consoles in ages. Isn't that sad? I used to live on those bloody things. Yeah, I agree with you there about the Chelsea thing because I thought it's, it's always the way. Under Wenger, then the Wenger days, it'd always be, oh, Arsenal are going to go and play someone. They've been absolutely atrocious. The Benteke effect, as we, ABW, now affectionately call it while crying <laughs> yeah. into our socks. The Benteke yeah. effect. And that's why I expected it to happen. And it didn't happen. 
And I thought, well, this is for the Chelsea game. And then, like you were saying with the Newcastle game, as we as Arsenal fans are just always so pessimistic. Is are things changing with our pessimism? Because we're not actually a bad side, are we? Oh no, no, not at all. I mean, I think we're the only team that's gone to Newcastle and uh, won this season. I think that well, they've lost one other home game. I think I think oh, oh, I thought we were the only ones that had won there. I mean, even City drew there, right? Even Man City drew there. I think that was three three. Um, I'm gonna go and have a look and see who was the other team that they lost. Go on, carry on. And with this game with Newcastle, I was treating it a little bit like our second game with Everton because after that first game where they really kind of like befuddled us a little bit and we only came away with one point with a nil-nil draw. We had them about two or three weeks later. And with that Everton game, I was okay, let's see what Mikel has learned. What's he going to be able to teach these boys of, of how to get points from Everton after being frustrated? And we did, right? We went there and we got all three points and we literally battered them, if I remember rightly. And I felt the same about the Newcastle game because a lot of people were really frustrated after that first Newcastle game where they were time-wasting a lot. We couldn't get into our flow. It was a lot of stop-starting. Um, and it was a little bit of an anti-football. And we just basically went there and, and done the same to them. The ball was in play, uh, as I understand it, for 55 minutes out of 90, which I think so far this season is either the lowest or the second lowest um, of that stat. And... I think we'd done a little bit of the same to them. We gave them a little bit of their own medicine and frustrated them a little bit and came away with all three points. And um, I was even reading one of their players, I think it might have been Dan Byrne, who was saying, you know, we can't complain when other teams come here and do that to us when, you know, it, we've been accused of doing it to other teams during the season. You know, we have to take a little bit of our own medicine. So fair play. Um, Newcastle's last 26 home Premier League games. The other one they lost this season was at home to Liverpool, like BX has put there. And then 26 home games, they, they've lost two. Both were to Liverpool. And then they beat, we beat them yesterday. That is a pretty decent run for a team that uh, were still in the rebuilding phase. I mean, if you're going to use Arteta's uh, one to five scale, and he says we're at a two, I think Newcastle are still only maybe at a one, one and a half, because they've not exactly gone mad with all the players they're buying. But what do you put Newcastle down to, how they're doing so well? Because they're not playing amazing football, but their home record is is fantastic. But I think it might have something to do with how they rough people up. I actually think a lot of it is down to uh, little Lord Fauntleroy, as I call Eddie Howe, affectionately. I think that, you know, we all know now that they've got bags and bags and bags of money behind them. I think they're the most uh, cash-rich football team in the world. Yep. But they haven't, they haven't gone about it like a Chelsea. They've been very prudent with how they've spent their money. They've not gone for a whole complete overhaul of the whole team and have like, you know, having to have like practice with like 30 players and three mm -hmm, pitches mm -hmm. like they did over at Chelsea. He's been, they've been very prudent. And some of the people that they brought in, they've, they've really clicked, haven't they? Almiron, Bruno Gummy Bears, Isak. I mean, Isak, when he set up that goal for Murphy earlier on in the month, I mean, he was like a Harlem Globetrotter going Stunning. through the defense with that ball. Yeah, very good, very good. And so I, what, what I've also noticed is that a lot of the existing players that have, that uh, Eddie Howe has taken on, he seems like a manager that's a little bit like Arteta. He's able to improve players, which is a very good trait to have as a manager if you're able to look at what you've got and make it better rather than having to have a clear out and just buy better. It's a good asset to have. So I think a lot of it has to be down, you know, you have to give a lot of credit to Eddie Howe. And it surprises me because I thought that it was going to be too big for him, to be honest. You know, I yeah. thought that he was more of a, a Bournemouth person because do you remember when, it was some years ago, he was at Bournemouth and he left, didn't he? And he went to, um, didn't he go to Burnley? And he totally, he totally looked like he was out of his depth a little bit. It, it looked totally a little bit befuddled and he had to go back to Bournemouth. Do you know what I mean? And you see that and you think yeah. to yourself, okay, you know, this is where this guy needs to be in this kind of an, an environment, but he's thriving at Newcastle. And I have a soft spot for Newcastle, as you know, because of my great granddaddy. Yeah. And I'm really pleased for them after years of being shackled financially by Mike Ashley. They're mm. such a huge club. I mean, you remember in the nineties, don't you? When uh, Kevin, uh, Kevin, um, Keegan. Uh, Keegan was the manager 
and they were so far ahead and almost took, you know, almost won the league. And then they, they made a mistake and brought in Tino Aspria, which totally unbalanced the whole team. And they never really seemed to come back from, from, from the Keegan days. So, you know, I'm, I'm quite pleased for them. I'm quite happy for them up there in uh, Tyneside. I think he's got the players believing in him. And that, as we've seen with Arteta, is one of the most important things you can have as a manager. They believe, trust the process in in, in a Geordie accent is the, is the best way to describe it, I think. And well, yeah, they're I mean, doing it. And, and they've not exactly spent an absolute fortune on anyone, uh, have they, apart from Isaac and Guimaraes. But I think they are it, they are paying them a hell of a lot of money in wages. And it is scary to think that, what Newcastle could be because unlike Man City and uh, a few other of the clubs that are fighting at the top, they are actually a genuinely huge club with a magnificent fan base, a huge fan base. And even when they were in, in the lower leagues, they were still um, getting massive crowds. And even when they're flirting with relegation season after season, they still turn up. The only reason in recent years, like you were saying, um, was the Mike Ashley thing. That's the only thing that was stopping Newcastle fans from selling out game after game, year after year, because they were yeah. having protests because the man is a, is a, hmm, in case he's watching, he's not a very nice bloke. I was going to say a parasite, which is a <laughs> Decosaurus. I'm not going to read out what you've put, but that's the wonders of Twitch. You can swear mm. like that and get away with it. So Decosaurus is a, He's making the most of, of the uh, the freedom that Twitch allows you to have. Ah, Nick has given us a, a question. That's nice. So uh, where do you think we're going to go from here? If we look at the um, the upcoming fixtures, we're only going to be here for an hour, people. And don't milk us with, with questions about you buying new underpants. This this is uh, the if you're at home and on the bus taking the dog for a walk, blah de blah de blah. The 9th of May is Man City plays away at Real Madrid. 14th of May we both play. We're at home to Brighton, they're away at Man City. And then the 17th of May, they're at home to Real Madrid. And then uh, we don't play again until the 20th. That game, that run of Real Madrid away, Everton away, and then Real Madrid at home. Do you think that's going to cause them to drop any points? Well, they're so big, aren't they? They've got so many resources at their disposal. They've basically got two and a half, almost three 11s that they can field. You know, but See, I mean, Mares gets um, plays in the FA Cup, gets a hat trick, gets dropped against us, comes back in another game, gets two, a couple of assists, then is dropped again. It's just, just unreal. Yeah, I mean, as I've been saying over an Arsenal fan circle, though, I mean, people have to, people do have to remember that there is a big investigation going on at that club, you know, and it could turn out that you know, the only reason that they they that they finished ahead of us this season is because they have access to resources that they shouldn't have access to, which, you know, if you want to be uh, blunt about it, is cheating. Financial doping, I think, is the correct Not not playing the game by the rules that have been set out by the Football Association. It's Uh, it's basically cheating. If the allegations are found to be true. Mm. I hasten to add, in case anybody from the legal team is is watching. (laughs) Very kind. (laughs) It, it is worrying, though. And if this is only their stage one of how many stages they're going to go, I bet even Man City fans are going to look at that and they're going to go, "Ooh, I'm a little worried about this." They're, they they could come and uh, out like like Man City have come and out Chelsea, Chelsea, um, Newcastle are going to come and out Man City, Man City, and then you have to look at the rest of the league and think you've got teams surviving on on tiny budgets where the highest paid players probably bless them only on 30 or 40 grand a week. Meanwhile, Haaland is including all the bonuses and all the other stuff. He's on 650 grand a week. And Newcastle will come out and Newcastle could buy Man City and Chelsea. That's how, how rich their owners are. It's ridiculous. But I, I think I think once they get back into the Champions League and they have mm. Champions League football to offer, that's probably the, the moment when you start seeing Newcastle really splashing the cash. You know, because they can afford they can afford to pay the best players in the world, and obviously they can attract good players by playing in in the best uh, competition in Europe. Loki says, "I remember when Mirandinha was at at Newcastle. That was like, oh my god, there was a Brazilian playing in in the first division, Premier League, whichever one it was at the time. Thinking, wow, good god, imagine having. I, I was excited when Arsenal signed um, Siggy Jonsson, the Icelandic bloke." And then who else did we have? Paul Lydeson, Norwegian, um, Eddie McGoldrick, Irish. <laughs> right, well. Johnny, Johnny Jensen. 
Johnny Super, Johnny Yinson. And we used to think, good God, we've got Wicked. We must be a classy side because if we can attract the, the finest players from Iceland, Denmark, and Norway, that is that is magnificent. Back in the day, Vladimir Petrovic came yeah. for a season, didn't he? We were and, quite and now, cosmopolitan, weren't we? That's for a club back then. Very cosmopolitan. Or I think they Glenn Helder. Glenn Helder, yeah. Uh, yeah, I remember us, uh, his first ever game. And I shouted and i think he thought i was shouting at him i've apologized on twitter so if you ever find glenn held on twitter and you message him and say oh you were terrible he comes back and goes i know i was i'm really really sorry <laughs> if you can't find him I, the amount of that, times i've seen him do it he's done it to me didn't he did he yeah quite recently he's done it to me this year i was what um, did he do what was it it was somebody you know when someone puts a tweet out and they go and they they, they sort of like go Best Arsenal player ever, but you're supposed to put the worst. It's like, a, you know, you're being sarcastic and ironic. And I went into the comments and I can't remember what I, I said, Glenn Helder. And then someone else came in and said something. And then I said, like, actually, I said, like, I actually really like Glenn. I goes, but he had a lot of, um, he had a lot of uh, problems off of the off pitch. Field. No, he had a lot. Because yeah, yeah. I used to live in Holland as well, right? And, um, you know, I used to hear stories of him and I'd walk past bars and it'd be like, there's a band playing in the, I remember walking past this one bar, it was Valentine's night and the band, I had the band was playing and underneath the band and a bit of like handwritten paper, it said, the drummer is Glenn Helder. Oh. I was seeing it and thinking, fucking hell, is that what he's doing now? Sort of thing. And I put it in the comments, we're talking to someone and I said, like, I think he could have been a really good player. But he had, he had so many, you know, he, he had gambling problems and all sorts yeah. of going on. And Fucking half an hour later, Glenn Elder responded and came in and goes, oh, thank you, know, thanks, thank you very much. He appreciated my comment, you know, saying that he could have been a really good player and blah, blah, blah. His debut but, against Nottingham Forest, he was electric. But then in between him coming back and me writing, I also followed up with the guy saying, like, and then he ended up sleeping in his car and all sorts. But then Ooh. he kind of, but then when he responded to me, I was like, you know, I'm not taking the piss out of him. It's just like, you know, like if you're sitting in the pub talking to someone, Maybe you're talking about the, the an actor who's gone down a pan and on drugs or whatever. You don't expect the, the actor to walk into the pub and sit down next to you and join the conversation. No, you don't. And it's a bit, it's a bit like, like that. I realised that it was at that point that I realised that you really have to watch what you say because even though what even though these things that did happen to him were factual, he doesn't want to get reminded about the no. time when he was having to sleep in his car, right? Which is quite bad for somebody. So it made me really think about how I act on Twitter. Even though I wasn't like saying, oh, yeah, he was fucking shit and this and that and acting him in it, somehow he fucking found it and was in there watching what I was reading and responded. So Loki says he lives on a caravan site in Holland now. Well, good. At least he's not homeless. But, yeah, gambling does. Do you speak Dutch? I know everyone in Holland speaks English. No, it's a difficult language. It has, uh, people from Liverpool speak it quite easily because there's a lot of... <laughs> In, in it it's weird when you see who's the, the dart player the bald one Van Gerwen and you, he honestly talks like somebody's got a brain damage and then I've, I've done podcasts of other people um, one one woman who was uh, who was Dutch and uh, perfectly normal a lot of them are perfectly normal but it's I think someone said there's a, a region in North France where they speak a version of France where the rest of France can't understand I thought well that's like um, in Norwich well, they're Flemish as well, don't they? Which is uh, people that live near the Belgian Belgium. border, yeah. and the and the Belgians that live near the uh, the Dutch border, they have their own kind of dialect, which is called Flemish. And you know the key the key part the key syllable in that word is is flem. <laughs> it is indeed. Um, I've got some other things that we were talking about. I'm gonna have to bring these up because I, I can't see the tiny version. Oh, there we go. Um, how long does each team spend with the ball in play? Now, if you're at home on the bus having a bath or you're having a difficult poo, then um, you might not be able to look at this. It's uh, Man City, 61.8% of the time they spend. And I've, actually, I'm going to read out the minutes. 60 minutes and 12 seconds. Then it's Liverpool, 56 minutes, 44 seconds. Then it's Leicester, 56.37. And Arsenal are only down to 54 48, 54 minutes and 48 seconds. And then you go down to Newcastle, which is what you were um, implying earlier. They have got the least 51, point, 51 minutes and 15 seconds. This isn't wrote out properly. So just a bit is when you play Newcastle, they have uh, 52% of the time on the ball. 
Yeah. Uh, does this mean like when we like to give other teams the ball and say go ahead and play? So that's uh, how long is each team sent with the ball? What's this next one? Average delay before goal kicks. Newcastle are the worst. Almost 37 seconds. The top, Liverpool, 21 seconds. And Arsenal, roughly about the middle with 28 seconds. How can Newcastle... Is that 36 or 38? 36.8. Okay. They are three seconds longer than everyone else keeping the ball. That is going to... Like they saw against us um, yesterday, that kind of ruins their game, doesn't it? Because if that is the way you play football, and then you continue to do that, then when you're losing... You're going, ah, well, actually, we're, we're, we keep the ball for too long. I know something like a goal kick you can easily change. And the third one that I stole from Twitter, average delay time before restarting play. Newcastle second bottom, 30 seconds. Brentford the worst with 31 seconds. Liverpool top with 23. And the Arsenal, again, right in the middle, 27 seconds. Do you read anything to any of these stats? Um. I just think that um, the referees need to make sure that they, all of the time is added back on. God, you know, yeah. a, football match, a football match lasts 90 minutes. And that, for yeah. me, that should include 90 minutes of football. Do you know what I mean? Not fight 10 minutes of football and the rest of it sort of like just mooching about, get, you know, walking to get the ball and all of that sort of stuff. And once you see the referees constantly adding the time on, then that will eradicate that. But then we might have a situation like they had in Argentina last night. I don't know if anyone's... Some really weird things in football going on. I heard about Lacazette scoring four goals yesterday. No? Really? They were... The other team, Leon were at home. The other team scored four goals. Um, were Scored four, all from one bloke. And then Leon were losing 4-1 at home. And then Lacazette scores three more goals. And then a 96-minute penalty. So two players in the same game scored four goals. But wow. look, at, look at this one last night. River Plate one, Boca Juniors nil. Doesn't seem too strange until you look at the 90, 90, 102nd minute in a 90 minute game, red card. Then in the 103rd mm. minute, five red cards. And in the, the 104th minute, another one. And it's just a normal league game. So it went on to the 104th minute, seven sendings off, and then about nine bookings. So that wasn't like sendings off because there was a big fight. Yeah, it yes, was like there got... was a penalty, a penalty oh. in the ninety second minute, and they were just. Can't, I've not had a look at it on YouTube yet, but yeah, people go and have a look. River Plate one, Boca Juniors nil, and then go and have a look at the. It went full WWF SmackDown, and uh, there you go. That's Crazy. a huge, derby. that's a huge derby though. That is, that's one of the biggest in the world. River Plate Boca Juniors. It is. I mean, how many can they fit into that stadium? It's loads of them. River Plate. Yeah, I don't know. I could have a guess, but I'd probably be miles. It's a hundred thousand or some something like that, right? Something really weird. Yeah. Um, looking at the league table at the moment, we are on eighty-one points. We're one point behind Man City, and they've got a game in hand. That game in hand is against Everton. Uh, do you hold any hope that we could still do something this season? Oh, there's always hope. You know, because there's no such thing. And we always say, you know, when we come on here and we, we, we look at predictions and how we're going to do it in the next fixture. And we always come out with that phrase, well, on paper, <laughs> you know, I say I'm guilty of all on paper. We should get some points out of this, but I mean, look at, you know, if we all went by on paper, you know, then Everton didn't get the, mem- the memo yesterday. Because as you say, you know, they had a, a, a great day out yesterday when you think that they've probably got no more points in them. So it's yeah. a hard one. It's a hard one to call. You know, the thing is, is that football's played by human beings, and you know, different things happen. Get up in the mo- in the morning, you stub your toe, your wife starts nagging at you, you find out the fucking cat is shitting you in your bag. <laughs> what a way to start your day off, and you got to carry that into the day. You, you know what I mean? It, it, it's never as it should be on paper, but I do hold a hope out that somewhere down the line, Man City, you know. They, they can't be impervious to losing some points, which might let us back in. And I think that some of our problems this season have been, I mean, we had our future in our hands for most of this season. And I think the problem, you know, looking back over the last um, few games or so, after the Liverpool match, for me, that was when, when you, and you look at the two fixtures coming after that, again, on paper, West Ham, Southampton, that was probably the time that Mikel Arteta should have rotated the squad because he didn't. And by the time he got to the Man City game, it was then evident 
that there needed to be rotation. He needed to do something. But what are you going to do? It's against City. You know what your best 11 is. And, you know, we kind of know what our best 11 is. It's maybe, maybe uh, you know, you might have one or two that you change. I might have one that I change. But it's basically the same 11. Mm. And, you know, you're going up against City. The last thing you want to do against City is not play your best 11. But he was playing, he went in there playing a best 11. For, for me, showed that there were key players that are out of form. Thomas Party, I pulled that one out of the air. But you can't mm. change it then. You can change it afterwards, which he's done. Had he started making changes at the West Ham game after the Liverpool game, we may have had a couple of more points here and there. That's what I think. That's, the, that's what I think his biggest mistake has been when it's come to, you know, tying up this, this season. He's, he's hesitated and waited too long to rest some players and give other players some time. Because as we've seen, those players that have come in, they've done all right. Do you want an amazing stat? <clears throat> so far, this is Premier League season number 31, I think. Um, yeah, 31. On With three games to go, we have got, as I've just put up here, we have got 81 points. How many of those 31 seasons do you reckon we'd have won the title with 81 points? Oh, definitely uh, uh, Wenger's first season, I think. Didn't he win his first league with about 79 points? He, he won, won the first season with 78. Yeah, so there you go. And second season, one with 87. And the third season, with 90. So already, Arteta has got more points in a, se- a season than Arsene Wenger ever did. These sort of stats, people will go, oh, but, but, but. I'll tell you the answer. 21 out of the last 31 seasons, Arsenal will be champions already. Let that sink in, people. 21 out of 31. Add that to the fact that Arteta has already got more points this season. No, not this season. Changed 81, not 91. 21 seasons. Um, so he got more than the first season with um, 78. Second season, 87, and we've got 81. So Wenger, we've got six more, and then 90. See, I was thinking 21 number of seasons, so 90. So we could equal – I did think that was a bit low. We could equal Wenger's – if we win our last three games, Arteta could equal – the invincible season for points. That was it. That's no what I mean trying feet. to say. I'm looking at two different windows at the same time. That is amazing. But to already have more points, three more points than what we did in the, the my favourite damn Arsenal side, the double side of 98, we've got three more points. But there again, to be fair to Wenger that season, we had the FA Cup final and the last two games of the season we did kind of throw because we had Newcastle in the last game of the season. And... Uh, yeah, so I, I, although we have beaten it, I think there should be a little asterisk and a caveat on that one. Um, yeah, but 21 out of the last 31. I think that's right. Don't make me go back and count it again, because when I've got more than one window open, it doesn't work. Or should I go and count it again? I think I need to count it. I'm going to go and have a look and see what people are saying. It's going to make me go and count it again. Um uh, our boy says, wasn't Arteta's quickest to 50 wins or something? Mm, I think yeah, so. he would, I think. I haven't been hearing do, something like that. I do tend to try and keep a note of those things, but when it comes to numbers, I add it all up and then forget it. Uh, Phil says 20 seasons. Hopefully it's 20 seasons. 81. Yeah. 80, I think I've counted that up right. Yes. Or have I? Fuck's sake. Right, Stan, talk to people. I'm going to go and count it again because I had the 91 in my head and it's 81. Uh, one. Um, looking at the game uh, yesterday, Fine. one of the things that I think Mikel Arteta did, which really helped out, was um, by not picking Thomas Partey and picking Jorginho, Seven. he then got Granite Jacker to play in a slightly deeper role. So we almost had like a double pivot, and I think that really Seven. made the world of uh, that really that really made the world of difference by not leaving Jorginho so isolated with his lack of pace and having somebody else next to him. And as somebody said in the chat box, you know about Kivio. Maybe giving maybe we should have got Kivior in a lot more earlier than the Newcastle game. I mean, we broke the ultimate taboo, didn't we? I mean, you know, we played two left-footed centre-backs and we're still here to talk about it. The world didn't just explode. We didn't get shot off into space, you know. So that was that was quite interesting because there was a lot of talk about that. Can you play two left-footed centre-backs together? And I thought to myself, well, why not? I've seen teams 
you know, win leagues with two right-footed centre-backs. So why can't you? You know, and I think as well, Kivior is quite good with his weaker foot. So it's going I to be interesting. Right, it's going to be interesting to see now for the I think for the rest of the the, the remaining games, we've probably seen the last of Rob Holding. May have even seen the last of him in an Arsenal shirt because oh, I'm sure that, that he's going to get perhaps moved on. You know, moved on this summer. I've counted it again. It's either six or seven, not twenty. I'm not going to count it again because every time I count it again, I get a different number. So we've got 81. And yes, I think the 21 was if we win our last three games. That's what I was thinking. So um, I don't think we're going to do it. I, I can't see. Can anyone in the chat see Man City dropping any points? Because I don't I don't think, even think they've got any injuries. I'm going to have a quick look and see if they've got but any they injuries. They have dropped but... some vital points in the, the, earlier on in the season. They're not the ones that have started the season and been in first place all the way through. They've been below us and they've had some results where you think, oh, didn't think that would, that would happen. So anything is possible. Really, I think anything is possible. It's like saying if two teams play each other on Saturday and Team A beats Team B and then we go out and we beat Team A, does that mean that we're better than Team A and Team B? Not necessarily because we could play the, the, the team that lost the following week and get hammered by them. It's not, it's not that easy. It's not that easy, like I said earlier. You can't you can't say on paper we should win or lose because it really does depend on the day. It really does depend on how the manager has set the team up. And I think one of the things that Miklarteta uh, did was that I did. I don't know if you saw this, uh, Danny Ramsdale said that when they were at the hotel and they before they got onto the bus or whatever, Miklarteta he put on the uh, All or Nothing documentary after they lost to Newcastle last season, which, you know, didn't didn't allow us to get into Europe. And he played that segment to them so they could all see their faces. He does a lot of that. Of how disappointed they were missing out. And uh, Ramsdale said that it really fired them up. Yes, I, I can imagine it would do. And that's, he, he does like to do a lot of those. Um, like he played the, the You Never Walk Alone music when in, in training to get them used to being at Liverpool. He's got some really good ideas, which is which is refreshing. And I think young young managers have got have to look at doing things a different way because modern football is so difficult. I mean, when you, you if you took Man City out of the equation, then um, who do you think would have been dominating football for the last few years? If you take Chelsea and and Liverpool out of it, no Chelsea and Man City out of it, because they have had financial doping. How do you think that the world of football in the Premier League would look different? Do you think we would still do you think the moving to out of the to move into the Emirates would have had a, such a, a massive a problem because when they yeah. planned to leave Highbury, yeah, they didn't have. take into consideration um, a, a, a Russian coming in and and spunking billions on a, on a, a bus stop in Fulham. But we still got we still lost a lot of our key players, didn't we? You know, we mm. had a really good team of players, and um, you know, also as well. Wenger sort of like changed our style, which really affected us as well to accommodate Cesc Fabregas. You know, some we were playing, we used to play with like three tens, right? Do you know what I mean? All in the same team. And, you know, we became very easy to read. And we were a team that if we couldn't go out on the day and do what we do and get away with it and win, and the team found a way to nullify us, everyone would just basically shrug and go, oh, well, that's it this week. We'll, we'll try and win the one next week. There was no plan B. There was no trying to dig our way out of holes. Yeah, you see the team that we've got this season. How many times have we started behind? How many times have we managed to Far find an answer? Many. And this is, uh, they, everyone keeps um, you know, saying that this is a young team. Well, for a young team, they're quite um, mentally mature because the amount of times that we go back you know, in a game or we're behind in a the game, they managed to find an answer and to get us all the way across the line. And on a lot of occasions, getting all three points, not just a draw. That's quite, that's quite some feat as well, to be able to have that within your team that you can work it out between yourselves on the pitch and get out of it. That is very, very true. I am going to have to go and write down my wonderful stat that um, if I don't make a note of it, I'm going to forget it. I've counted it all again. And where do I put my stats? Um, with 81 points, would have won the league six times. If we win all three, 
win last three, we would have won 21 titles already. Do you, do that you know, is amazing. Do you know it's been eating away at me all of this season? And it's become like a bit of a, it's become like a bit of a, a, a little joke over an Arsenal fan circle, and on. you know everybody on the panel is kind of like banned for mentioning it. But Gary, <laughs> will, Gary will bring it up to, to to wind me up, and Ray will bring it up, and that's the Brentford game with the VAR incident. Oh, don't! Because I've ever since that game, I've just been thinking to myself, two points. Two and that two points. If I, st- I think I mentioned this on a pod, not last week, the last pod, but the one before that. My head. I know what I shouldn't happens be- if we lose the league by a point? That's are, that, are they going to? The day is going to come when someone is going to sue the Premier League. They're going to sue them for for things when they've gone wrong. Do you think we need to go down that route? No, no, that's a sticky, mucky route to go down. If we're going to, they've got to be held responsible. If we're going to lose this this season, for me. We need to lose by three points because if we lose by one point or two points, I know that I shouldn't cling on to things. But that Brentford VAR situation, I've not been able to shake it. It's it's, it's made a little nest in the back of my head, and it's mm-hmm. it's hibernating until the end of the season. If we one or two points, I, I, I'm going to be I'm going to be incredulously pissed off. I'll probably sit down and write a very strongly worded letter to someone. I'll be that annoyed. <laughs> but um those two points, man, that's that that could be the difference, man. That really could be the difference that we don't win a, a title because of you can't it's all right, it's all very well and good coming out apologizing and and, and shit. But that don't pay that ain't paying the rent. You know, that's not gonna pay the rent. It's just that it's uh, as as um what's his name, the comedian, um that duff butter no parsnips. <laughs> yeah, I don't think excellent. you mean like that. I do like yeah, that. Yeah, what's his go lice it? That doth not butter no parsnips. It doesn't. <laughs> oh dear. Right. Um oh Mr. Hertz is there. He's straight off of his band. He showed his he showed his wife that I banned him for mentioning AC Milan. He <laughs> did what? About, he's, he said Forza Milan because he's an AC Milan fan and I'm an Inter Milan fan so he's put that in the chat yes he's I, 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 I timed him out and he he's told his wife <laughs> <laughs> he said please don't time me out again today uh, Nosa says same replies to Brighton too now someone made a good point up here which we did um, on the pod We um, formerly Nosa uh, it's easier to be the hunter than being the hunted. Do you think that has made a, a big difference in the way we play? Because we saw three draws and a loss when the pressure was on, and now the pressure is off. Really, really impressive wins against Chelsea and away at Newcastle. Which, if we're honest, I I would have wouldn't have been surprised if we'd have only got a couple of points or maybe even only one point out of those. I, I think that Arsenal went even before the Southampton game. I think Arsenal were focusing on the Man City game. Hmm. And, you know, it's just your undoing. you got to look at each match as it comes along. I remember reading, I can't remember who it was by, but it was someone that's connected to the club, that works at the club, and they were saying, and it was Charles Watts, I think, that was delivering this, so it's quite reliable. And he was saying that his his, his contact within the club was saying that all season, all they've been doing, the players and and the management, has been focusing on, each match as it comes along on what they've got to do. But they've noticed for the first time this season, and this was a, f- a couple of weeks before the Man City game, that they're starting to speak about the Man City game. Mm-hmm. So that that confirms to me that their focus was lost and they were looking at the Man City game and taking the Southampton game a little bit too lightly. And I think that now that we've lost that, now that, now that the City game is gone, it seems that the pressure has been lifted from us a little bit. And that's a shame because it's all about um, fine. It's about fine margins. You know, it's, it really is fine, fine, fine margins. Yeah, and I, will... I do agree with, I do agree with Phil. West Ham, Southampton, games that we should have won. I'd even say that the Everton game is another game that we should have won. But I don't expect Arsenal to go for a season and win every single game. 
you know, when we came back from the World Cup, I think we had like something like, when we had like 10 games to go, I was saying, I don't expect us to win every, all of the 10 games. I don't, I just don't. That's just how football is. So I understand that, you know, those are games that we lost valuable points at. But for me, the Brentford one, the points feel stolen. They don't feel lost as in we didn't do enough or we didn't prepare right. They feel more stolen. So if we lose this league with one or two points being what we lose by, it's just going to be, I'm just going to, well, you, well, you're going to be dejected. Look out toward, look out of your window towards the direction of Vancouver and you may see the mushroom cloud. <laughs> oh dear. Um, Newcastle. I mean, it's not an forest one Southampton nil. And then uh, it's the wonderful Ashley Maitland Niles conservative is at left back and the ball bounces right in front of him. And his man runs past him, crosses it into the middle and someone scores. Well done, Ainsley. Well done. You can run at 100 mile an hour, but you cannot stop a ball that bounces right in front of you. Shameful. Um, yes. Loki says the Everton game was the shock. Avon says the points were stolen at Man United as well. Something yeah, I'd like to ask you, because I've seen a couple of uh, uh, tweets uh, from the Burkamp Wonderland channel, and that's about our left-back situation, or lack of left-back, depending on, on, on how you want to look at it. And that's yeah. the Zinchenko conversation mm. because when he first came into the team, there was a lot of excitement, you know, that we've got, we've got a couple of guys coming in from, from Man City. But for me, and it may be an unpopular opinion for me, I'm not buying anything that Zinchenko seems to be selling. Not he, even at he, times. I, I, do you know what? Do you know what pisses me off the most about him at the moment? And you know, I don't mm. want to. I don't want to be. I don't want to be all negative and that. But I just, you know, it's something that's bothering me at the moment. And that someone just someone described him once as our passion man. I remember seeing a tweet and they said, "Our passion." I'm glad our passion man is back. And there's a picture of him doing that. And he seems to do what he does a lot of that and a lot of come here and talking to everyone and running up to the referee and all this remonstrating. And then he's the one that seems to be giving the ball away. Do you know what I mean? If you're going to be giving it some of that, look in the mirror and give some of that to yourself. Cause it's all good telling everybody what they're doing wrong and getting them into a huddle and telling everyone to concentrate more and this or that and the other. But then you all sort of like disperse from the huddle and you're the first person to give the ball away. Do you know what I mean? Sort of, and, and lead, try, and lead more, try and lead more by example than telling everybody, but not being able to do it yourself. And I mean, is he, what is he? Is he a midfielder? Is he a left back? Because when we were having problems in our, in our midfield, he'd go with Fabio Vieira ahead of a Zinchenko. Why, why would he not play KT at left back and put Zinchenko in as, as a, as a more of a midfielder person. You see, I've always been, I've always felt that, and I've heard, you know, professionals from the game say that the reason defenders are defenders and not midfielders is because they're shit on the ball. If they were any good on the ball, they'd be playing in midfield, but they're not good on the ball. So they're playing defence. So if he's no good on the ball to play midfield, I know he does it for his country, but his country, you know, they never get to semi-finals or anything. They're not big, big, big winners. And it doesn't defend as a defender. I'm worried, and I and and you know even before William Saliba was injured, people keep saying that oh, Saliba, Saliba and Gabriel, what a great combination! They've really you know helped our back four. But as much as I like our back four, and you can go for all of them. And when I say back four, I probably say back six, including Tommy Asu and and Tierney, and our back four. If you go along each one as individuals. There's not a bad word to be said. Everybody seems to like all of them. There's no one in there that's really a weak link. But even before Saliba was injured, our, our defensive record was was shite. We, we can't. We couldn't keep clean sheets at home. We were doing better on the road than we were at home. So there seems to be a problem somewhere within our defence that I can't quite put my finger on because we like everyone. We like the goalkeeper the fullbacks, the centre-halves. We like Tommy Asu and Kieran Tierney who are on the fringes. So I, I, I don't, 
understand, do you know what I mean, where it's going wrong. But what I don't like is, a, is that we've got a, we don't have a left back. All right, give me one moment. Someone's hammering on my door. Two seconds. Okie dokie. Uh, Nottingham Forest are now 2 0 up against Southampton. I think that is the final nail in the Southampton coffin because they are awful. This time it wasn't Maitland Niles Conservatives' fault, but he was in the, in the mix when the ball went in the back of the net. Um, Rudy says, I agree with you on Zinni Stan. He, was made, he has made so many mistakes at the back, he's always losing an, appoint, an opponent. Uh, anything interesting? It was the postman hammering on my door. On a Sunday? Oh, it's a Monday. Is it a bank holiday there? No. Do you have bank holidays there? Yeah, we do, but not today. Oh, it's here. Um, today. Yeah, I think you've got a good point there. So, um, not the voice of our 2-0 down. I mean, winning 2-0. Uh, yeah, so I think you have got a good point there where um, you are. if it's a band... You don't need two lead singers, do you? You need everyone to do their individual job. And you I don't know, Adam and someone... the Ants. Have, Adam and the Ants. They used to have two drummers <laughs> for some no, reason. Sorry, <laughs> big big van get just, to gig. I, I don't know if anyone's answered there again. If, if a journalist would ask Arteta this question, I doubt very much that he'd ask it and go, "Why?" I know you want him to cut in from midfield and come and um, bolster the middle of the park, and then the whole back three then play, and the little one says roll over, all the way to the left to cover for him. But then you see, we don't get those breaking runs down the left-hand side, which KT has done for the last two years, two and a half seasons, and been one of the most entertaining players, and was our best player for a season. And then KT's got to look at that and go, well, hold on, we're letting in loads of goals, because he can't defend, because he's in the middle of the pitch, and I should be there. And we saw against Newcastle, like someone put in the um, in in the in the chat here about Newcastle game. I can't remember who it was. Oh, here you go, Mister Waffles. I agree. Katie was miles better against Newcastle, but I get the feeling that Arteta's not going to do that. That uh, that uh, Katie is going to be out of the club in the summer, and then we're going to keep keep on doing that, dropping into midfield. But when you look at Man City, Stones does it. From left back, I think left centre back, he does that drifting forwards, and then you got that young man who plays at right back. I can't remember his name. He does the whole um, Zinchenko thing of dropping into midfield. But I don't know if, if any other teams are, are, are doing that because it seems to be I so Trent, dangerous. Uh, Liverpool are doing it now with Arnold Alexander Arnold. He's moving into the midfield uh, area, and it's been quite successful for them. But with uh, Zinchenko. Even when he is back in a, a more of a defensive position, people just seem to run past him. There was another one. I can't remember. The, there was what was the match where they scored at the back post? It was right oh. at the back post. Uh, was it was it West Ham or Southampton? I can't remember the game, but I do remember that. You know, the guy that runs in and scores from the back post, right before the the, the free kick or the set piece is taken, hmm. Zinchenko looks. He literally looks at the geezer. He's like, "Okay, I see you there." <laughs> but yet somehow the geezer just ran right past him and scored at the back post. And he didn't know yeah. he didn't he didn't he didn't sort of move with the guy or anything. So I'm I'm sorry, but I'm not buying it. And I, I you know I want to be positive about this about this Arsenal team because you know we've done so well this season. But I can't be I can't be toxically overly positive when you see things that in your opinion you know, it could be tweaked or could be fixed. And I really think that this, this Zinchenko experiment, I don't like it. And I think as somebody else said in the box, you know, I think it was Rudy Raslos, you know, he's a defender first. And that's what I want for my defenders. All the other stuff, for me, that's a bonus. If you can do all that other shit on top of the defending, fantastic. That's a bonus. But you need to defend first. And for me, with Kieran Tierney, I honestly don't get what the problem is because he can really get up that byline and he can put some good balls in, low crosses, high crosses. I think he's probably one of the better crosses that we even have at the club, you know? Plus he can defend. And yeah. I don't know if you know, did you notice in, there, I really noticed it in the Newcastle game where Zinchenko went off wandering somewhere and then the ball popped out and Gabriel, Gabriel mega legs, he had to really use his mega legs <laughs> to get over to the left-hand side and clear up the danger. And it was a bit harem scarum. And if I was mega legs, I'd be thinking to myself, like, fucking hell, have I? <laughs> how long have I got to keep doing all this for? Like, I literally have to be like six million dollar man to get it get to get to the other side and clear up mess. Because Zinchenko 
is still like you know buying postcards up in the other end um uh rudy has put no it wasn't avon has put yeah uh i wouldn't be surprised if keep your played left back next season i just looked all this season for spezia he played center back and one game in dm and all last season for spezia he missed out the beginning part of the season he played in dm the entire season but he is left-footed but I, I think something needs to be done by that because if you look at where they attack us down the most, it's it's like Carl said on on the last pod. If I'm playing against Arsenal, I'm putting my quickest winger on the right hand side and saying, as soon as uh, Zinchenko drifts into midfield, get the ball to him, you run at them because there is a huge gap down there. Because you're not getting Martinelli doing, you get Martinelli tracking back, but Martinelli's not doing the defending, and then immediately because Zinchenko hasn't even got the pace of someone like Tierney to get back and do that. Um, we are, we're having such a great season. We are picking, picking, uh, uh, picking at what? Picking at hairs, picking at threads. Like he's, he's very, he's very enthusiastic. And you know, it's not like, it's not like we're talking about a player who is just walking around the pitch, not yeah. giving anything, you know, he's, he's, enthusiastic, he's enthusiastic. And like, you can see that he wants to do well, but that's maybe not enough for where we want to be. You know what I mean? If I got picked for Arsenal, you know, I'd be enthusiastic. You can see how <laughs> shit I was. But I'd be really enthusiastic and I'd, you know, be giving up my all running around. But I don't know if I'd be any use to anyone. Yes, indeed. Uh, anyone got any questions for Stan? Because we are going to finish this show in exactly four minutes. So if you've got a question for him, type it in there. We did have one question already from um, our very own Nicky Wilson. Nick Wilson. Hi, Nick. It used to be Nicky. He says, what do you think about the Arsenal fan in the Newcastle home uh, uh, getting beaten up? Home end, I think he means. Well, they're getting beaten up. He wasn't wearing colours. I've I've been in the Norwich areas uh, in an Arsenal shirt and never had any grief. I've heard nothing about this. I didn't hear any. I didn't hear anything about that. But I wonder if it's the same fan that Lee Dixon talked about because... Uh... Lee Dixon was talking about, he was at the game in the commentary box. And I think it was when they were looking at the penalty. Is it a penalty? And it hit Kivio's leg rather than his arm. He said that he looked over towards where the Newcastle area was. He goes, he noticed that there was this one Arsenal fan in there. He gave him quite, he looked up and gave him a little wink. So I wonder if, I wonder if it was him. But I mean, yeah, I mean, that sort of stuff. I thought that sort of stuff gone out died out with the romans do you know what i mean i thought that sort of stuff sort of didn't really happen anymore i thought that you should be able to go and you should be able to go and sit anywhere in the ground to watch the game albeit you know i thought you know you'd want to be sitting with fans of your club but um i didn't hear anything about that and um it's a surprise and a bit of a disappointment to be fair if you have a look at our private chat, Stan, I'll put a link to it there. Um, it's on the Sun newspaper, so I don't know if it would be blocked in Canada. Um, and then I've put it in the chat for people to have a look at. What it, what, oh, where is it? Bloody gone. Go back. Oh, fuck's sake. Yeah, they've, they've blurred most of it out, but you can... I mean, what did he do? Did, I mean, did he stand up on his chair in the middle of the Newcastle run and go, you're all fucking it, shit. Ah. <laughs> it's High up yeah, in the gods at Newcastle, and I think a steward is trying to protect him. And there's uh, three or four Newcastle fans leaning over, laying in punt. Oh God, there's about seven or eight of them. They're all on him, and he's wearing a dark blue t-shirt with a white writing across the front and light blue jeans. It's a very short video, and they've got his hands behind his back as they're the, the stewards are taking him away. I mean, why they're, they're kind of frog marching him? I mean, what's that about? You know, the Sun's website is absolute fucking dog shit. Fuck that. You can go away. I'm not going to look at it. Um, quite shocking, uh, the fact that they're just all laying into them. I mean, I always thought Newcastle fans were, were quite nice. They had this thing, bring your scarves to the game, didn't they? Yes, I, I don't, didn't read what that was about. Okay. But apparently, okay. maybe it was uh, them taunting us. Um, here we go. Uh, Rudy says, Alan Shearer thought this was a pen. No. Uh, Noza says, but that's Alan Shearer. And Phil says, Alan Shearer lost his rag, turned well moody. Good. It Final take question. A lot, does it? it doesn't take You've a got lot. One minute to answer this from Phil Macker. Will we upgrade on Jesus in the summer as we need a quality striker in the Champions League? I hope so. I really think that the one thing that we really need is a, a powerful forward, someone like a Vlavic, that kind of a build, mm. that kind of a profile. So I Still really hope 24. so. Mm. 
Good. Right. Uh, we've got 40 seconds to go. I'm going to make an undetermined that I'm going to do these series of shows. We've got uh, Sophie from the Highbury squad coming up on, I think we're doing Wednesday at 6.30. I hope you're going to get a few more people on. Stan, tell people where they can find you on the Twitters and about your Etsy. Yes, you can find me at, as it says below my chin there, at Stan underscore the underscore man 68. You can also find me on the Arsenal Fan Circle on Thursdays and Sundays, which is uh, kind of like uh, Canadian time, but you'll find it on the Twitters. And also, I'd like to plug Mike Hertz, who was in the chat box earlier, because he does a past, uh, a podcast. Um, was it, uh, not another, not Arsenal, another Arsenal. Not another Arsenal podcast on Tuesdays uh, with Kelly and some of the other guys over there. And again, if you're over this side of the pond, sort of North America way, Canada way, these are a couple of podcasts that you should really be subscribing to and listening to. Both very good, both very uh, friendly, easy to access, and a lot of information. And last but not least, you can go to The Guna Shack. That's The Guna Shack on Etsy, and you can have a look at my mouse mats, mugs, T-shirts, caps, most of it is all Arsenal. There's a few other things, and I will be expanding the range to some other retro labels like TV, some retro TV shows and things like that. But give it a little look. You might like something. There you go. All right, Stan, thank you very much for joining me for the first of the one-on-one series. It's, uh, it's a very quick name that I could think of. It has to be short so I can fit it on all the, the JPEGs that we use for all of our social media. And so one-on-one, dot, 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 with Stan. And uh, yeah, there'll be a few more people I'm going to get on. I'm going to um, ask some of my fellow podcasters and see if they want to come on for one hour having a chit chat like this. So, Stan, thank you very much. You've been absolutely delightful. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed it. And thanks to everybody uh, in the chat box for coming in. And thank you, like Stan said, everybody in the chat box, you have been decidedly average. Right. That's it. Goodbye. As soon as I scored that goal, I was fucking livid. Get down, dog. Splendid business. You nearly caught the bloody thing. What are you talking about? So I've just eaten a full quiche. Well, you don't often see them at him. So when you see them in the supermarket, they need to be swagged, microwaved immediately and get the brown sauce on them and bosh, Bob's your uncle. Never in doubt.